We just got back from talking to people we don't know about abortion, and now we're debriefing. Join us. We are Created Equal, and we're inviting you to debrief with us. Hey, y'all. I'm Lexi. Hey everyone, it's Seth, and today's conversation is one that we're sharing with you because it's important. Now, we love sharing with you conversations where someone's mind has changed, pro-choice to pro-life. Today is not one of those days. Today is a hard conversation with someone whose mind was closed tightly. Um, and having us, wait, joining us, right. she's not having us, um, no, She's joining us. Yes, she Someone is whose mind is open. Yes, very open. And she's usually the producer of the show. Well, actually, she still is a producer of the show while we're recording, but now she's multitasking. It's Miss Esther. Hello. Hello, Esther. <laughs> so, Esther, uh, she not only produces a show, she also is the creative media assistant here at Creative Equal. She makes uh, most of the graphics that you see on our social media. Uh, definitely go follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and everything else, TikTok. Shameless um, plug. For sure. <laughs> but, you know, something about Esther that everybody here at Create Equal really appreciates, except for Ava, who's gluten-free, <laughs> is that Esther can make some real good bread. Very so good bread. Thank you, Esther, for your service. You're welcome. And sorry, Ava, it. you're missing out. Bread. For I brought sure. bread and it disappeared within like 30 minutes. Yeah, yes. it's gone. It doesn't it, last year. It's very good. I love it. I love it. If you I like Create Equal, drop off some bread, please. For sure. <laughs> or any food. We actually like everything here. So honestly, feel free as long as it's not poisoned. You can come debrief with us afterward. True. Yes. We would definitely love to have you. Um, maybe have one of our first live audiences yes. if you'd like to listen to a live episode of this. If but there's room in the GoPro closet. Yeah. That may be a little tough. So we may not. We may have to work around that. But today we should just get in straight into this episode because it, it is very good uh yesterday we were out at a high school here in columbus ohio um and the students there were not the most respectful esther please tell them how how did yesterday's outreach go it was definitely interesting um good choice of yeah. word. let's unpack that a bit first thing first we had a lot of hostile we had a couple hostile parents a dad that was just making really kind of gross comments mm. about the the babies and then was intimidating us as a team. And remember, for everyone watching, this parent making these comments, he saw the signs there, right? Yes. So he knows what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. It's not some vague abortion idea. He's mocking the babies as he's looking at them. Yeah. And then we had another mom uh, yelling at Lizbeth about what we were doing out there. I kept calling her trash and <laughs> what we were doing trash and the signs were trash. Everything was um, trash, honestly. I mean, literally, the the babies have become trash, actually. Yeah. So she, it was she was speaking some truth there. But sorry, go ahead, continue. Yeah, and then a lot of the students, they were either ignoring us or were mocking the signs. A lot of people were flipping us off. Um, Sounds like a very positive day. No, it was, and it was raining too. So <laughs> it was so all that was, was very happening fitting. in the yeah. rain. Um, but. Okay, so just pause yeah. right there. So people who are listening are thinking, so Create Equal, you go on these justice rides, I hear these cool podcasts of great things happening. Now Esther's telling me this sad story of a really hard day of outreach. So, so people who are listening, our listeners need to kind of, they want to hear what's going on in your heart, Esther, at this moment in time, because these are the lows of outreach we don't talk about too often, but people should know happens. So what are you experiencing, this hard moment of outreach? What are you feeling and thinking at the time? Well, honestly, I was kind of happy that I was having interactions. I've been to a lot of high schools recently where... I'm just in the slower part of the high school, so I'm not really talking to a lot of people. Mm. And so I'm more comfortable with the antagonistic conversations. They're very familiar for me. And so I was kind of enjoying it. It's a little frustrating, definitely, especially when you're trying to repeat the truth and try to lead them down this path of understanding what they believe in the truth. Um, 
And when they just are just disregarding everything that they're, everything you're saying, everything they're seeing, it can just get kind of frustrating. Um, and yeah, I don't really. Yeah, I understand yeah. what you're saying about enjoying it because I, I mean, clearly we all three of us wish that our jobs did not exist, right? That mm-hmm. we were not here in this room recording this podcast talking about dismembering people and people who support that. It makes no sense. But insofar as it does exist, I like being with talking to those people who are um, who are the who are not already pro-life but who we need to try to change so I get what you mean by enjoying mm-hmm. the conversation I wish we didn't have to but so long as we have to I want to be there and that's a good sign that you're enjoying the conversation because hopefully everybody who listens to us listening to this podcast right now you've had conversations with people about abortion and when you kind of feel like you don't know how to have a conversation or you don't feel confident in what you're saying it's probably not the most fun conversation to have of course no conversation about abortion is really fun but um it's good to hear you say that because that probably means that you're confident in your responses that you're giving to the people and i like the engagement of ideas i like looking at what they believe and then what i believe and trying to seek the truth and so that's that even really no matter the topic that's there's that war of ideas that's Mm -hmm. always fun for me to kind of dive into um so i this was me in high school i was very I was much, very much a debater of ideas, always fighting people on different topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is kind of my comfort zone. Yeah. So you mentioned truth-seeking. So let's talk about this conversation you had and how it was trying to lead people and find truth together with them. Tell us more about the specific conversation you chose for today. Well, uh, there were these two girls. They are kind of standing farther away from me for a while. And then they were walking past. I asked them. They were kind of just laughing. Um, they kept referring to the signs. I was standing next to a 15-week-year-old aborted baby. Um, So you can very clearly see their face there, um, that um, they've been torn apart. uh, And they just kept, it's just a clump of cells. It's a clump of cells. Um, And so I just try to push them on like, okay, what is this fetus? What is, like, what species are they? Are they human? And I try to push them down that road. Like, look, they are alive. But they just couldn't grasp Mm. some of the basics there so it was kind of like trying to search through different ways to where I could different angles I could get at that topic well and so it was two different girls you were speaking to yeah um and honestly okay I saw these girls I thought they were twins they look the exact same they're (laughs) actually just friends but anyways that's really an important comment (laughs) I'm sorry Mm -hmm. it really was because I was like wow these twins okay and I, anyways, I thought y'all were talking about IVF whenever I first came over and I was mm. listening to your conversation, um, but quickly found out that's not at all what y'all were talking about. Anyways, that was so besides the point, y'all. But I think we should listen IVF to IVF, for anyone not familiar, in vitro fertilization, yes. a good topic of conversation Sorry. to have. Correct. We probably should have a podcast about that sometime. Sure. So we'll drop some of the show notes for now about mm-hmm. it. But yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Lexi. Um, so I think we should listen to the clip that you have for us um, and then kind of expand on what they were saying. All right. So, like comparing a developed child to a, a clump, clump of, of cells. cells is so funny. But these clearly aren't just a clump of cells. You're is. looking, you're looking at a child that has been decapitated and dismembered, <laughs> torn limb from limb, and you're laughing at it. This is showing this. We have lied to ourselves for so long. That these aren't human beings. When the science clearly shows that they are, we're denying reality for just saying that they're a clump of cells, that they're not valuable. <laughs> we're not saying that this clump of cells cannot turn into a human being. We're saying right now that this is a clump But of that's cells. where we all begin. So we all begin. Wow. 
that laugh is really disturbing to me. Can we just talk about that for a moment? Because these girls are not the first ones we have met to laugh. Now, why do you think, Esther, in the conversation, why do you think they were laughing? I think from the whole conversation, they just couldn't understand why I was saying that they were human beings. The fact that I was contradicting that idea was laughable to them. Mm-hmm. And so I think they were a little uncomfortable in how I was challenging them, but they were, it was almost incredulous. Like they couldn't even mm. understand that I was challenging these ideas that they've been told for so long. Okay, so I must be wrong. So when I listened to it, I thought, okay, laughing shows a sign of weakness. Like your worldview is crumbling. You have no way to defend yourself. So you kind of laugh to make up for the silence, right? Mm-hmm. But you think they actually were laughing because they found your view so laughably, obviously wrong. Is that what you're saying? A bit of both, honestly. Like they didn't have good evidence for what they were saying. Mm-hmm. They they just kept saying the same things. Uh, so there's that pause, right? Where, like yeah. you mentioned, they are by science. Like yes. there's pause. Yes. Yeah. So they don't have any of the evidence. So it's a crumbling worldview, but still can't even fathom that it could still be wrong. And you couldn't see. Um, obviously, you can't see the clip. But one of the girls was like backing away, like laughing so hard that she took a few steps back and like was covering her mouth and stuff. I do think at that point, like I don't know. Obviously, you were in the conversation, but I think you could kind of see there, like they were just trying to mock you i think people Mm -hmm. do Mm -hmm. just try to make us like the people that we're uh talking to make us feel uncomfortable and feel Mm -hmm. stupid because they think we are stupid but they do that just Mm -hmm. through laughing and mocking and that's a good tactic right if you want to make somebody little other people laugh at them Mm -hmm. um if you've ever had people laugh at you you know how bad that can make you feel fortunately we're pretty used to it at this point and yeah. we're very firm in what we um, know to be true. So it doesn't impact us like that, but, but new people tactic. or justice writers. Sure. Yeah. New people it can really make them embarrass them into silence for sure. But it also shows it's a defensive mechanism. So if you don't have an argument, the best way to go about then pushing that person who's challenging you away is to then mock them. Yeah. Mockery kind of reflects a, a weak position. You have nothing else to do but just laugh. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. We're trying, go ahead, Lexi. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Seth and I, you know, sometimes we uh, get mixed up on who's going to speak talk, next. So. <laughs> Sorry for the awkward silence of breathing. Okay, anyways, I just wanted to ask you, why do you think that is? Like, they're staring at a sign that has a child who's 15 weeks old who's just been torn apart limb by limb. How can you look at that and deny the humanity of that person? Mm. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't know. And I think you can kind of hear it in the clip. I can't understand it when I'm talking to them. You're, we're looking at the same image, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not like, you're not looking at something completely different. You can clearly see this child's face. It, it's so evident that it's not a clump of cells. We're all made up of cells. In that sense, we're all made, we're all clumps of cells. Mm-hmm. But they were just so trenched in this denial. I was like, I don't even know where to go with this at that point. I We had already talked about some embryology. We talked about just some of the logic of like, they're living and growing. So that shows that they are alive and it, that living thing has to be something. So we're trying to walk through the steps. But I like, at that point I was like, all right, look at this image. Like, well, all of us look at this. Are we all saying the same thing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a, so well said. I think, you know, we've talked a lot the past couple of years about contagion 
with COVID and how things can spread. And there is a clear contagion here, a social contagion. Mm. You know, we have um, we often look at other movements and things like that to see how people act and respond in face of injustice. And one is the Rwandan genocide, which happened when I was alive in the 90s. I was too young to really know about it, but it was happening. And you had people going door to door with machetes, killing their neighbors. They clearly saw they were humans, but they were so wrapped up in the contagion, the idea of this ethnic battle between the Hutus and Tutsis. And so now you have a similar thing where someone's looking at a face of clearly a person right now. We know that the one cell stage, you're a human being, you're a person, no doubt. It's clear you are a human being. But I can get how someone who maybe is scientifically ignorant might not understand that. But they're looking at a 15-week-old preborn baby chopped into pieces, clearly a human. But the contagion has spread so successfully that they can look at that same thing as us, but they have the worldview filters in front of their eyes saying, no, 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 that's not a human. That's not a person like you. Yeah, and I think... Uh, the propaganda on the pro-abortion side has done exactly what it intended to do, which is make people think, oh, that's a clump of cells, my body, my choice. No matter how much we show people who are so ingrained with this um, false propaganda that they just believe no matter what, showing them innocent children, no, that's my body. Even the one of the guys I was talking to yesterday outside the school, the dad you were talking about earlier, um, he was even just saying, well, that is a woman's body. I pointed at one of the signs and said, no, that is a woman's body. He said, even that's a baby boy, that's still the woman's body. Yes, that's 100%. still the woman's body. So it's just like way far beyond that. Yeah, yeah these girls said the same thing. They're like, well, it's just my body. I'm like, because I try to compare, because they were saying, but they, they can't survive on their own. I'm like, okay, what about someone who's, quadriplegic mm. they need other people what about a child that's downs i have a friend that's downs he's 14 years old still completely dependent on his parents mm-hmm. they're still valuable human beings even though they're dependent so that can't be it but they're like no but it's inside the woman's body it is her body that because of where they are and how vulnerable they are they just completely dismiss that there could possibly even be human mm-hmm. yeah that they are the woman's body that's so well said. You know, it's funny you mentioned the propaganda, Lexi, that has been so successful and this has caused, Esther, what you saw yesterday. It seems like every day we see this, but I just saw today this brand new movie from France coming out, which is called L'Evénement, The Happening in English, which and I, the, the, the quote was so important, um, I thought, from the, the movie where it said, the girl who wants to have an abortion when it's illegal in France, she said, I want to have a child, but not instead of a life. So for her, it's like, I want a child, but not at the expense of myself, right? So you want to live your own life. That matters most. You are supreme. And these girls' lives, I don't know their heart, their worldview, Esther. I mean, you don't either. You talk to them, but you have better understanding than me. But I imagine to them what matters most is their experience and not who else who could be affected by their experience. And that just shows you where we are right now. As a generation, I as a millennial, you as Gen Zers, where we are right now. And I think that kind of is what we have to ask ourselves, or maybe people would ask us, why do we do this work if so many people have this response to us? Not, I wouldn't say this is a majority. This isn't the majority. But whenever we have people who won't even acknowledge the reality that babies inside the womb are human beings um, with value, why do we keep doing it? Why do you do this, Esther? That's a really good question. Oh, um... <laughs> I wasn't sure if Seth was going to answer, but... um, She said Esther, so I don't think yeah. I should answer. <laughs> <laughs> he changed his name for a little bit. Sorry, no, it's confusing. Sorry. Um, no, uh, we keep doing this because to reach those who are open, there are always going to be people who have fully bought in to these lies. We buy into these lies for all sorts of different topics. We can believe the craziest things. 
studying worldviews, sometimes I'm surprised that some of these ideas people have fully bought into. But we're here for people who are still, who are open, who are willing to look at that and like, okay, that, I, I, I think I'm pro-choice, but that doesn't look right. And we're here for them. We hope that these girls, they'll think about these images mm-hmm. more, that there will be others in their lives that will confront them, that there will be different things that arise up, that God can reach their hearts and convict them. Because ultimately it is he who is going to change their minds and their hearts. And so we just have to be, a, we have to be present and we have to be there to talk to people who are willing to and to challenge those people who are still closed-minded, but they need to be challenged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important. And that's the lesson for anyone listening who, if you have not yet, you will one day have a conversation where you just hit a wall. You've presented all the evidence to the people. You have shared with them the truth visually of what abortion is and does, and they don't want to change their mind. So what do you do? Do you stop and go home? Certainly not. This is just the way it always goes. You can tell people uh, a truth. You cannot make them accept that truth. And so I think that if you, we we can't be flimsy in our conviction here. If we're going to stop the first time we meet someone whose heart we cannot reach, we won't be in this very long at all. We are going out there with the truth and our our, uh, mission as an apologist, defender, whatever the name is, we are to present the full truth, remove obstacles between people and accepting the truth, but that's all we can do. And that's important, important, but hard lesson that I had to learn early on when I thought, hey, I, I know embryology. I know SLED. I could change anyone's mind. No, no, it's not that easy. Not at all. And I think sometimes like our life experiences could even either harden us to things like this, harden us to abortion and make um, some people more um, willing to accept abortion or it can soften their hearts. Like I posted yesterday a video, um, a reel on Instagram, on our Instagram. Everybody go check out our Instagram again, second plug of the podcast. Um, and I asked people um, if they ever thought abortion was okay in the case of rape. And if so, why did they believe that? What changed their mind? And one girl said that what changed her mind, or I call her a girl, she's a a grown woman, but she, um, her children having babies herself really changed her heart. So these girls, Mm -hmm. okay, they're 16 years old or about 16 years old. Um, right now they are willing to be ignorant towards the facts that you, Esther, are giving them, um, and they're willing to accept the false propaganda that they're being fed by every um, mainstream outlet that is in contact with them. But maybe one day other circumstances in their life are going to soften their heart. And hopefully what you said to them that day stuck, stooks with them, stays with them, y'all. I can't speak English, so I don't know. Do you, do you get what I'm saying there? I just did a British accent. It's a podcast, so. Esther. You have to, you have to speak. You can't just nod. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying there. That who knows what's ultimately going to change their minds. We're called to be a witness for people that are in front of us. We don't know if we're planting the seeds, if we're watering them, or sometimes we're really lucky and we get to reap the harvest. They get to see them change their minds. And it's, uh, it's a great feeling. I remember the first time doing outreach with Create Equal and I was like, wait, I can change someone's mind in a five-minute conversation? Mm -hmm. This is insane. It's amazing when that happens, but we are still called to be faithful. And I always think of in the book of Daniel, when he goes before the king, uh, he prays to God and says, Lord, you are the one who reveals truth to men. Ultimately, you are the one who brings that knowledge. I remember wrestling with just apologetics, knowing that I wasn't going to be able to convince someone to believe in God and believe that the Christian, that the Bible is true. 
but I knew I had to give play my part to, like Seth said, to remove obstacles and show them the best evidence I can point to God's word. Um, but ultimately being able to then trust that God is the one that will, if it is his will, to change their mind and heart. That's so well said. So I th- hopefully everyone here, you can take that charge and go do that because that is on all of us. We all have the responsibility now knowing how to engage in conversation, how to remove those obstacles, how to present the truth as best we can and pray that God would um, water that seed and bring forth mm-hmm. the increase. So that's your admission. And so as you go do that, to prepare yourself, get on the way, you're already listening to this, so please just subscribe so you make sure you don't miss a single episode. And we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a review. Send us a uh, DM on uh, Instagram. (laughs) Debrief with us, at Debrief with us. And also you can find us at createdequal.org and um, other social media. So thank you for joining us. This is Created Equal. (laughs) This is not. We are Created Equal. This has been The Debrief.